0: What do you think the biggest misconception the average Christian has about the average mm-hmm. person from, the, from that community?
1: Language is... When people start manipulating language and forcing people to use terms, like I'm very concerned about that. I'm not naive to that. He faced this exact question. He had con- people coming to Christ who had multiple wives. And yeah, so he, he had to wrestle with... It. One, one of the things he said is that what makes this complex is...
0: Bruce line. We have an amazing guest today. He is a New York Times bestseller. I think He might be the first New York Times bestseller <laughs> I've had in here. He is a um, doctor, but not the medical kind. Right. And he is my uh, one-fourth Armenian <laughs> brother. All right? Without any further ado, we have Preston Sprinkles.
1: <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for being here. Uh, you've done a lot of work with this conversation around marriage, uh, pronouns, yeah, the whole bit, and uh, why? Why are you passionate (laughs) about this topic? And can you pull your mic just a bit closer? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so I, yeah, I, I would say I fell into it into the conversation about a decade ago, and it was, it began as simply a. A, a scholarly pursuit like i just i wanted to figure out what i believed about the topic okay. uh, primarily and, and same sex marriage and and so i started just writing and researching and you know and that led me into like dialoguing with a lot of people and i two things really quickly became kind of true in my journey number one i i um you know grew up a conservative christian and and but have always like tried to you know, take my beliefs back to the Bible and say, What does the Bible actually say? I don't want to just rely on my upbringing. I want to know for myself what the Bible says. Yeah. I want to weigh all the options. And when I did all that, I did end up landing really strongly on a, a traditional view of marriage. Yep. Um, to some people's chagrin, they saw that I was being very open minded and they're hoping I would be affirming, mm. and, and I uh, went the opposite direction. But, but then through that, I also saw that, like, I think the church has done largely a pretty horrible job in how they've treated LGBT people. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I mean, dozens and dozens of just really horror stories from LGBT people who grew up in the church and just had not not just like a, a problem with the theological teaching of the church but just relational stuff that I'm like, dude that's just not Christian. you can hold yeah. to a traditional view and yes. also be kind and loving and and walk with people and um so that just kind of led to this kind of like me being passionate about being gracious and empathetic while holding to a traditional view of marriage and some people say, you. You can do one or the other. You can't do both. So I spent the last ten years trying to to disprove that. Yeah, that's
0: great. Uh, A quote from Jackie Hill Perry said that Preston's lived experience with the community, along with the theological depth he holds, Mm. makes this book a necessity. Regarding your last book, does the Bible support same-sex marriage? What does she mean by your lived experience? It sounds like. Yeah. You've built a lot of bridges and have yeah. really connected with this. Is that kind of what with, yeah. what Jackie's getting at in this quote?
1: Yeah, yeah. That is, I mean, there's been good scholarly work on the topic, obviously. Okay. So I, I, um, and I, I, I would hope that I've contributed to that conversation as well in a healthy way. Um, but I think what hasn't been done as much is you know somebody who has you know a scholarly approach to the topic is doing research who is also listening to stories and 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 you know, walking with LGBT people and spending time and building friendships and stuff. So that's been kind of what I've done from day one is, is keep this, uh, keep this topic relational. Like I, I, anytime I even, cause my natural default is theology, right? Like I want to, mm-hmm. I want to go to the Bible. I want to do word studies. I want to win debates. And like, that's, that's my default. Mm-hmm. So to temper, not temper, but like maybe do that more holistically. I've had to, uh, really make sure I'm, I'm constantly in relationship with LGBT people. So I don't mm-hmm. just, because it'd be easy for me to just keep it as some topic to argue rather than Mm. as the title of my last book. It's easy to
0: dehumanize people when you forget that there's people. Now, do you think that the people are different from what some of us would say are the agendas by the activist? Because because Michael, Dr. Michael Brown kind of hit me to that, and I was like, oh, that's good. I never really thought about it that way. There's the people and this is their lived experience and they're mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And yeah. some of them could even be like, Look, I might be wrong on this in yeah. terms of the affirming crowd and the yeah. whole bit. But then there's like the visceral, like, yeah. hey, you can't opt out of social studies for your first grader regarding yeah. our history, yeah. right? Like yeah. this is happening in Glendale right now, where mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're keeping up with the protest, but they wouldn't allow the parents to opt out of uh elementary school teaching. Uh yeah history and social studies around yeah. uh, gay pioneers. And what? I'm just kind of like, huh? Like was that when the Armenian crowd got Oh <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know how the like, Armenians get yeah, down. No, I've been around down, Armenians, bro. man. You, 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 you will tell Armenians. Armenians how to parent their kids. Right. No. And <laughs> so and so it's like I get the um, I get the desire yeah. to humanize, but then there seems to be a disconnect between the yes. the, the, the humans and what seems to yes. be the policy Yes. That is not always reflective of the humans
1: in 100%. 100% agree. In fact, I would say in my experience and this is I guess anecdotal, but based on, you know, a pretty large sample size, the overwhelming majority of actual LGBT people are not represented well based for, by the very loud activist types. I would say especially in the trans conversation. Mm-hmm. Like the loud activists, the people you see on like what is a woman the documentary mm-hmm. or yeah or and those people exist for sure they're very loud very influential so i don't want to downplay the significance of some of the ideology and the pressure and the political political stuff but i would say for every 10 trans people i talk to maybe one might have that kind of activist spirit some yeah. of them, most of them are just trying to some are politically conservative in fact i've got several trans friends who are like registered republicans or they don't even believe in same sex marriage mm-hmm. or they um they don't believe they were born in the wrong body they like one of my good friends say i have a neurological disorder and i just got kind of screwed by nature and i don't know why i had this and transitioning was a last-ditch effort to to like um survive in in their point of view um but they would turn around and say i'm horrified at how all this ideology is is being you know pressuring teenagers and all the teen stuff going on and so there's just such a wide diversity of just real human experiences among actual lgbt people yeah i would say in my experience a small percentage of them would resonate with kind of that loud activist mm, spirit yeah.
0: yeah it it also seems like the folks who are um engaging with christians tend to be a bit more charitable <laughs> right because if you're going to go and debate <laughs> yeah. or, or, or discuss yeah. or have dialogue you're probably going to be yeah. a bit softer than the folks you know that are that are driving which is interesting because i think the one thing that the left does a great job and i'm using the left in a very general broad sense is infiltrating institutions Mm -hmm. right so you have folks in these institutions that are like able to impact policy Mm -hmm. and and conservatives and christians like we're kind of busy doing this thing and so that's awesome that you can engage with people and again yeah they're not the same as the folks who've in- infiltrated the institutions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah, when it comes to the institutional level, uh, public schools, colleges, universities, it is it is very far left. Yeah. It's, especially in any kind of a social science, kind of mm-hmm. humanities area, you know, not so much maybe on the engineering departments or whatever, but like, and yeah, it's, it's uh, you go on a university campus, and you I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be very far yeah. left. Yeah. You know, I think I'm that, that, and these are the people that are, you know, when they get out of these institutions, they're becoming influential people in in policy and government and everything, right. and and so that's yeah. I think that is it ends up becoming a very one sided
0: yeah issue. Yeah. 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 What do you what do you think the biggest misconception the average Christian has about the average mm-hmm. person from the comu- from that community?
1: Oh man, I that's that's almost impossible to answer. Um, I would say an assumption. Th- kind of I guess what we are kind of talking about I mean assumption that all or most LGBT people are like this you mm. know and then usually that perception is based on kind of whether they're yeah if if they're watching a lot of like conservative news you know then they're mm-hmm. they're going to usually highlight the extremes and mm-hmm. again like you watched have you seen a documentary What is a Woman or So um, I've watched it? a
0: lot of the clips and I okay. keep starting it like when they put it on Facebook uh, oh, yeah. Twitter yeah. me and my wife started it and then like we just okay. did, 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 we yeah. didn't get into it cuz yeah. it was like like but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of okay. the this the good the good parts, if you will. Okay,
1: you know? yeah. so, so like that, like he, you know, he he uh, would highlight kind of some of these really extreme views that again are out there, and they are like you hear some people talking like, do people actually believe this? You know, mm-hmm, like yeah, mm-hmm. some people do, but the majority don't. So to answer your question, I think the biggest misconception is that when a lot of Christians think about LGBT people, especially if they're not they don't have a lot of People in their life that are lgbt they have kind of a one-size-fits-all mm. perception and then you know? and, and, and
0: that community is not a monolith it's not a monolith yeah.
1: Five hundred thousand, statistically according to one survey half a million gay and lesbian people believe in a traditional sexual ethic
0: <laughs> wait how I mean, wait, by traditional sexual ethic you mean yeah they're
1: religious they're mostly christians or maybe some might be i don't know Jewish. meaning meaning they're
0: against marriage yeah what? yeah what
1: they're same attracted but they hold to a traditional view of marriage um yeah 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 i just talked to a, <laughs> just talked to a guy he's he's a, um he's a therapist here in san diego and yeah. he said he's probably counseled i think over 300 yeah people in this area alone yeah. that have a religious commitment same attracted and for mostly theological reasons don't think it's right yeah. to act on it so
0: yeah it, um, it seems like there's an there's a tension that we have to hold between the institutional influences or the agenda which yeah. I, that like even yeah, that yeah. sounds like we're about to throw on the yeah. Alex Jones you know what <laughs> i mean and talk about the frogs being turned gay and all that stuff right so there's like this tension that we have to hold between the the people influencing the institutions and writing the policy versus the average day-to-day person yeah. living their life yeah. and and then to go deeper the people who see this as this is just who I am this is what I'm attracted to mm-hmm. versus the people that are saying oh and you need to affirm this yeah. as the same and so if Christians if we're not careful we can slide into this like hyper paranoia yeah. that they're trying to get us Right. you yeah, know absolutely. and and i not to say that there aren't cuz there's definitely people that are trying to persuade sure. yeah. but I don't know if it's as common as we perceive it to be right. I don't know if it's as like they're coming for your kids. Right. Even though they those videos of them saying, "We're, we you know, we're here. We're queer. We're coming for your yeah, children." Yeah, right? There's yeah. those videos, but, but but what do you make of yeah. all of that tension? You know? Yeah. That
1: that's probably the hardest thing in the ministry that I do. I mean, this is my full time job is helping the church engage its conversation. So it's been interesting. Um, and that, that that I think helping Christians understand that you've got a lot of people probably in your church that are wrestling with their sexuality or gender on some level that are scared to death to even talk about it. And they're sitting in your pew. So before you go and fight this policy or that, this, like let's focus first on like shepherding our people well. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where, so there was a big survey done. It's it's the same one that um, was by Andrew Marin back in about 10 years ago now. Mm -hmm. He did the largest, uh, at that time, sociological study done on the religious background of LGBT people. Mm. It's published in a book called Us Versus Us, great Mm -hmm. book. Mm And that survey showed that uh, eighty-three percent of LGBT people were raised in the church. Wow, eighty-three percent—that's crazy. Whoa, that's a lot. By the time they turn eighteen, about fifty-one percent end up leaving. But the number—the main reasons why they say they left wasn't actually theological; it was Mm -hmm. all relational, you know. So all that to say, like this whole like—it's that those people out there, and then we're the church in here, and Mm -hmm. people even talk about gay people as if that's synonymous with like a raging atheist who hates Christianity or something. It's like, it's just, it's way more, that person does exist, yeah. but there's a lot more diversity within that
0: community. Yeah, that's good. What do you think, from your conversations, the LGBTQ community's biggest misconception of Christians
1: is? Yeah, yeah that, that, that one's equally interesting. I, I think they think all Christians are like aggressively homophobic homoph- homophobic transphobic uh like um are into like conversion therapy mm. are uh all christian parents will kick their kid out of the house if they come out as gay mm. and i heard those stories exist for mm. sure mm. and those people exist and it's it's not a tiny number either mm. but in my experience the overwhelming majority of christians that i at least i talk to that hold to a traditional sexual ethic they're they're They've got huge hearts for um, gay and lesbian people. Mm-hmm. And and when their kid comes out, they actually have responded relatively well. Or they might do unintentional things that maybe are hurtful, but not intentional. Um, in fact, there's a story. Um, yeah, I, I might not tell it exactly, so I'll, I'll say the name. But it was a college president in California, a Christian college president, who was building a relationship with a gay activist, like mm-hmm. a lobbyist, trying to like, like one of those activists that mm-hmm. was the aggressive type, yeah. right? yeah built a relationship and man I, I, he really broke through to him but he says hey why don't you come visit visit our campus mm-hmm. and the guy was scared to death because he thought literally he thought that if he goes on a christian college campus mm-hmm. christians would be literally throwing rocks at him mm. trying to like beat him up with bats and stuff like wow. he really so he was actually scared for his life wow but the president's like just come check it out yeah. and this is like you know, college students dude yeah. they're like you're gay, so what? Like, yeah. you know, it's not a big deal, you know. Right. And like, so he came on campus, and he was so utterly shocked that people were kind to him; they were just nice. They just didn't. Yeah. They kind of yawned when they found out. Oh, so he's a gay lobbyist, or whatever. Like, oh, great, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. what's your name? What? what right. What's right. your favorite food? You know, right, like. Right, 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 right. Um. So I think that 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 misperception to all Christians are this, you know, just kind of Westboro Baptist mm-hmm. types. You know, like mm-hmm. they're just aggressively after gay, and lesbian people.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I. <laughs> The folks in my life that are uh, from that community that I've been close with, I, I, we don't sit down and like talk about their li- love life. Hmm. Like we don't sit down and debate these things. Huh. You know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. like if they ask, I'll, t- I'll tell them what I think. Yeah, which is what the Bible says. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, if they, but if they don't ask, like I'm not like prying, and you know, it's it's, it's always it's more so about extending dignity and and, yeah. and just having a relationship with with the mm-hmm. person you know and yeah. and then I think I think there's a desire for representation on on both ends like I think Christians mm-hmm. want a, a healthier representation in those circles yeah. and I bet they would want a healthier representation amongst Christians mm-hmm. and and how to navigate that um so it's, it's interesting as yeah. I just kind of re- I'm reflecting on that in my own life and how hmm. how there's we 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 our brains naturally go to the most extreme mm-hmm. caricature of mm-hmm. the other side. Yeah, you know, instead of like, well, wait a minute, no, no, no. What's <laughs> the average person like? Right. Does the average is the average person who's from this community going to be the guy that forces you to make the cake,
1: right?
0: Or forces you to make the website, you know? Or yeah. is that a, a, a smaller percentage? That's trying to make an example because you know.
1: I think it's a smaller. Do you, I mean? Do you, do you think it's? I think it's a lot smaller. Percentage. I think it's a smaller. I, mean, I don't have data on that. Yeah. But just I, I, in my
0: I, 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 for my experience, I would guess it, so. but it's obviously mm. anecdotal. Do
1: yeah. you think it's uh, the pol- like? What do you think is feeding these kind of extreme assumptions on both sides? Is it the polarized kind of way that news media has done these days, or like people believing? extreme stories and thinking that's a norm or where do you think that comes from or just lack of relationship with people on the other side
0: i think that's probably first is Mm -hmm. lack of relationship and Mm -hmm. lack of knowing people and then i would say there's the convergence of different kind of worldviews and Mm -hmm. how those worldviews are articulated you know and and then i would say yeah i would say the media is definitely playing a huge role in i think language like language for example right like taking the word violence and changing it to Hmm. mean something that it doesn't mean anymore
1: like what like verbal violence yeah uh, yeah Yeah. yeah. like
0: violence against lgbtq bodies huh i don't know of a lot of violence happening against anyone's bodies right you know like like it's such a rare but we'll take language and we'll change it Mm -hmm. genocide yeah right we'll say language will change and then it can just kind of mean whatever you want it to mean and I think that can can then then you're gonna have a uh, you're just going to have an overcorrection on both sides. Even being huh. told you're 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 you have a phobia. Yeah, my wife has a real phobia of animals. Really? Huh. Okay. The other day, she was outside uh, walking something to the recycling, and the neighbor's dog. The neighbor came across to say, like, oh, your recycling's full. Like, let me know if you want to use mine. And so as she's coming across, her dog runs over. And my wife jumps on the hood of her car. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, uh, And and my my little two-year-old sees it. And she's, like, laughing at mommy, right? That's a real phobia. Like, a real phobia where your body... And so even taking language like phobia, that's a phobia. You have a phobia. You know, like, it it, it instantly otherizes.
1: Trauma, violence. These are words. Like, so... Yeah, I mean, we're. you brought up genocide. So both of us have, you, you more than, a lot more than me, but some some historical connection to the Armenian genocide. Like people have been through actual violence. So we're, we have friends that are, came over from America uh, on the wake of the Rwandan genocide. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been through trauma, right? Mm-hmm. They've experienced excessive violence. Mm-hmm. So if that same word that's used to describe that is now being used to describe you know, for instance, if I give a talk and and show what that the Bible teaches that marriage is between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. I get accused of violence. Mm-hmm. We need a different word because those yeah. are two very different. Experiences. Very it's almost different. it's almost isn't I mean isn't it kind of yeah. insulting to the person that has yeah. been through an actual genocide yeah. that yeah. wait you're comparing my situation with what you went through hearing right. a viewpoint you disagree with yeah
0: or, yeah I don't want to speak on behalf of other groups but i have black friends that have said this like Mm. hey don't 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 conflate this to Mm. civil rights like they're not the same thing but i i can only come i can only talk about from my experiences like i was with my dad last night and we were talking about the pogroms of baku which is the reason why we came out here and Mm. so i'm armenian but we grew up in azerbaijan which turkey azerbaijan is all kind of used to be the armenian kingdom and what happened was there was Arzis that came back from Armenia saying that they were refugees and they were kicked out, and so as a response to that, the Arzis in Azerbaijan wanted to pull push all the Armenians out, Mm. and the Soviet Union gave all these regions autonomy, like they're they're, like autonomous, like you're kind of like looks like a nation state. And so by giving them this autonomous nature, they were allowed to mass export. You know, yeah. tons of Armenians from Azerbaijan, from Baku, wow. which is where I'm from. Yeah. And my dad uh, was telling me that they had to borrow, because again, the average Armenian and Ar- Arzi were, were friends, yeah. right? All in the same neighborhoods. My dad said they had to borrow their friends' police uniforms to get his, his dad and some other family members mm-hmm. and put them in police uniforms and walk them. Through, as they're trying to get to the train to get out of Baku, mm. and in the process, they're talking Arzi instead of Russian or Armenian. To to wow. and and he said they're witnessing people get beat and and killed and all this kind of stuff. L- that's a genocide. Like that's a, that's an <laughs> attempt yeah, of a yeah, genocide. Yeah. You're you're pushing. I don't know how many of us left Baku. Mm. So when I hear language like, yeah. you know, like yeah. you, the the qual the qualifier is like, do you think? Children should be allowed to get Mm -hmm. uh, puberty blockers, and I'm like, no, you're you're transphobic. That's genocidal. I'm like, (laughs) no, stop. Like, (laughs) what are we talking about? Like, that's not the same thing. And so I, yeah, so I think that would frustrate anyone. Like, I think Mm -hmm. if because then it becomes an overcorrection. Because I'm like, you guys are nuts. Like, this is crazy, right? But again, but it's hard to articulate that without coming across as you're now dehumanizing the whole group versus. I have an issue with that ideology. Right. I have an issue with an ideology that takes words and makes them mean mm-hmm. something else. To your mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. has the church been fair to uh, LGBTQ people? Probably not. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. probably haven't been the most gracious. Probably haven't been the most charitable. We, we, we've probably looked the other way when we know that there are people who are sleeping with their girlfriends, mm-hmm. living together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Looking up porn, mm-hmm. being sexually immoral, and every other which way. Yeah. But when it came to this issue, the churches probably came down really hard on on this mm-hmm. thing. So, like, yes, yeah. there's been some double standards in yeah. this in this regard. Um, but and so, yes, yeah, so I just I just feel like we are then just not we're talking past each other.
1: Yeah, it's a kind of a conversation stopper when the other person's accused of being violent or transphobic. Yeah. It's like yeah. there's there's or, no there's,
0: or or a groomer. Or, or you know, yeah, when you come yeah, out and you're like right. groomer, like whoa, that's right. a that's a serious accusation, right?
1: Because you don't you don't engage in a f- good faith dialogue with somebody who is an actual groomer or something. Mm-hmm. Right? It just it ends the conversation. Right. So yeah, I mean, it seems to be getting worse. Do you think it's going to get better? I mean, you can't you can't keep throwing around all these huge terms and accusations and and it's got to level out, don't you think? Or I mean, or it's just going to keep getting more and more polarized. Um, I think I,
0: I think it's going to get worse before it gets better before it gets better (laughs) and what's probably going to happen is through the election i think it's going to get worse i think all this is going to get more more and more and more and more polarized and then i think we'll probably i don't know level out somehow i don't know how you Mm. know but and i think you might see migration i think you might see people move Hmm. you know hey if you're about this and you know you you want to transit you want your kid to transition like you're gonna have to figure out a way to get out of texas Mm. or get out of florida I think it's gonna get you know, insane thing for people in California. Like, if I, if we start finding out like our tax dollars are going towards, you know, injecting kids with puberty blockers, like, oh, yeah. like how do we, you know, how do you yeah. navigate that conversation? I th-
1: so I in, in I think some of the extreme uh, ideologies in specifically in the trans conversation as it relates to youth, I think are going to be the thing that um, will end up. I don't want to say cannibalizing the the what do I want to say? I I think, I think it's gotten too far out of hand and you know, it has when most older gay and lesbian people are like, we're not into this. Like this is not. And, (laughs) and in a lot of European countries, which are more progressive than Mm -hmm. we are, Mm -hmm. they're rethinking it all because they've had a good number of, uh, females who were like, in their opinion, were rushed through transitioning Mm -hmm. as a teenager and now paying the lifelong effects of that as Mm -hmm. young 20 something. And, we keep having these cases come up. There was a big one a couple of years ago in the UK that mm-hmm. won, they actually won. Like mm. they actually now lifted or they raised the age of puberty blockers because of this case. Cause mm. she sued the, the, I think the Royal court and won. Mm. And so the whole gender like conversations is, is now like, it's been kicked up so much. Now they're rethinking a lot of things. Same thing in Scandinavian countries, which are very progressive. They're rethinking mm. a lot of things. So I think it's just a matter of time, especially, I mean, money talks. I mean, you get enough lawsuits where people mm-hmm. are getting sued for, Engaging mm-hmm. in surgeries that they probably shouldn't have done yeah. to, on teenagers. Um, so I, I think I, my prophetic prediction. Please don't t- take this with a grain of so I, I think in the next two to four, two to five years, there's going to be yeah. a scaling back on some of the extreme. Yeah. Extreme I, views. I, I think
0: it will come down to how how common is detransitioning becoming. Yeah. Which is that, yeah. If that if that's a because right now the data they have is they're saying oh it's like one percent. Yeah. You know which is like. It's 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 it seems like more than that. It's way it's you weird. Know? Yeah, and so but <laughs> if it gets to like fifty percent, forty percent, you know, I think that's when people will be like, okay, like yeah. we, we kind of overdid it on this yeah. on yeah, this yeah. whole thing. And and it's 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 so bizarre because it's all coming from a desire to be empathetic and to mm-hmm. uh, extend dignity and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like inverted. It's like yeah. an inverted virtue that's yeah. sort of like it's like quasi Christian almost.
1: It, if I was a steel man. So I'm with you and we can even talk more about this, but you know, the, 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 tr- some of the tr- the trans conversation as it pertains to youth and medical or hormonal, hormonal, hormonally transitioning, like, I think that's what makes me the most nervous. Like mm-hmm. I'm very much not on board with that. Um, and, um, yeah, but I think, um, yeah, I think that, I think that youth, con- the youth aspect of this is going to change kind of the nature of, of the conversation, um. But I don't know. We'll yeah. see.
0: Yeah. Um, so you, I believe, at some point came out on pronouns. <laughs> and that was controversial. And someone wrote an yeah. article. I, I covered it. I don't remember who it was. So 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 forgive uh, yeah. me for not knowing the name. But some lady wrote an article yeah, and yeah, came yeah. down and said, Christians who use pronouns. Like, they basically were like... Trampling on the blood of Christ. Yeah. One of the phrases. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. You know, that's a... That's a, I've I to be fair, I've never been in a situation where I'm presented with do I use the pronouns? do I not use the pronouns? Okay. I would venture off to say I'd probably just call that person by their name, sure. whatever name they're asking me to call them. Yeah. you know, yeah. so unpack where you're at with yeah. the pronouns thing and and how did you come to that conclusion?
1: Um <clears throat> let me begin yeah, that there's there's been more recent articles on it, which is interesting. I published a book on the trans conversation called embodied. And I have a whole chapter on like bathrooms pronouns mm-hmm. and, and so on. So, and that was two and a half years ago. Um, and I've written on it before that, so this isn't, I don't know why it's flaring up now, but um, yeah, there's been some recent articles written that I think um, very much misrepresent or, or I, the, my, at the very least underrepresent my actual argument. Let me begin by saying I think it's complicated. Um, I, I think this is not a black and white, here's the right response, here's the wrong response. It is very complicated because language is complicated. Mm-hmm. And and interacting in a s- secular society with a Christian worldview where language is shared social social space between me and my worldview and this person who has a completely different worldview, like it, that's, that's a, that compl- the language is, com- that's complex. It's, that's a complex shared social space. Mm-hmm. So part of my goal is to help people to appreciate the complexity. Mm-hmm. So whichever, wherever you end up landing on it, be a little less dogmatic maybe Mm. and and be like, try to understand where somebody else is coming from. So I spent like 10 pages on this in in my book. The first five pages is just that like showing here's the good arguments for this side, good, good arguments for that side. You know, the big argument against pronoun use is, you know, you're lying to them or Mm. you're one of my friends says, I'm, I I don't want to feed someone's delusion, you Mm -hmm. know, which I'm like, I, I get what you're saying. Maybe that phrase isn't, I'm never, one puts someone to Christ by calling them delusional. But um, uh, the other side is that, you know, we're kind of meeting people where they're at, not demanding that they use language in a way that resonates with our worldview. Mm. And it's, it's a give and take. Like, mm-hmm. and there are certain, I'm a big fan of Orwell's uh, 1984, you know, mm-hmm. where langu- language is, when people start manipulating language and mm-hmm. forcing people to use terms, like, I'm very concerned about that. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. naive to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on an interpersonal level, I have landed on the view, having thought through it, you know, uh, that I will, in, a, in an attempt to meet someone where they're at, use the pronouns they they want. Every single trans, so let me say this, every single trans person that I know in my life that came to Christ and ended up either de-transitioning or some weren't fully transitioned anyway, who now are fine using people using their pronouns that match their biological like now they're, you know, mm-hmm. Um, would identify with their biological hands down every single one said if that was forced on me mm. when I first came to Christ or even p- not yet coming to Christ mm-hmm. I would have ran the other way mm. I needed space to wrestle to be on a journey to to process this new way of thinking you know and and Christians that didn't even go there with pr- they just used my pronouns I wanted to be around them and then we walked to Christ together and, and 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 my discipleship started to mature and and then I ended up, saying, yeah, maybe I should use pronouns that match my Mm biological. So pragmatically, I can make a really good argument that I think it's better in most cases to use someone's pronouns. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's necessarily lying to somebody unless I am saying, I believe you, like, so if I meet a biological female, they want me to refer to them as they, them, or he, him. I if I'm in relationship, I don't want to give the impression that I actually agree with mm. their view of themselves, but I want to say, okay, here's I believe pronouns should match your biological. That's my worldview. It's what I believe. You know, mm. hope you're okay with me believing that. Now, as a gesture of hospitality, I will. This is obviously very important for you, so mm. I will use your pronouns. But I don't. I don't want to give the impression that I am fully agreeing with everything they yeah. believe about themselves. Yeah. So, and if they demand that I do agree with it, that's not. No relationship can be healthy if the, if one party demands you agree with everything they believe, especially yeah. if it's something that's not accurate. You yeah. know, not scientific. So, well, anyway, I, I think that that's the co- short version of a very long <laughs> complex.
0: I think the complicated part <laughs> is even the, the the non-binary. I was yeah. talking to a friend of mine, and he we have an, a we have a mutual acquaintance uh, that I don't really speak to anymore, and he, <laughs> he they were telling me that they use this like we they oh, yeah. language. That's hard, that's, you know, yeah. and he's yeah. like. He tell, he, we're on our way and he's like wait who are you bringing with you and he's like no bro yeah. pronouns and yeah. he's like oh my bad you know <laughs> it's like well, wait, like if, yeah. you're, if you're using this like we they you know it just yeah. it almost becomes incoherent at times to even engage in a yeah you know like like yeah. if i like whenever you read an article about someone that identifies as non-binary yeah. It, and you're like, wait, they like yeah, what? Like, yeah. hold on. And it's like, oh no, that's the person's yeah, pronouns. Yeah. It's and,
1: and I, I don't.
0: The one of the biggest questions
1: is how much of this is like medical and scientific, and how much is social. Mm-hmm. And well, some people use the word trendy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll also, you know, my daughter was in a theater class a few years ago. You know, a bunch of thirteen-year-old girls. You know, and I think, I think she said of the fifteen kids, like thirteen of them had alternative pronouns okay wow. now according to the <laughs> now according to the dsm the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders the right. the latest edition 2013 0.014% of people had a diagnosis of gender dysphoria like a wow. clinical diagnosis is pretty okay. rigorous like they have to match yeah. I forget five or six of 10 criteria to be diagnosed with this psychological condition uh-huh. so when you have like you know 50 to 75% of Say junior high girls using using alternative pronouns. Mm-hmm. Do they all experience clinically diagnosed gender dysphoria? Mm-hmm. I
0: probably unlikely.
1: Probably unlikely. Yeah. Is it? Could it be socially in certain environments contagious? Call it trendy. Call it maybe just social social influences at work. I mean, you gotta have your head in the sand to say, "Oh no, this yeah. is all just." So, I, a part of me is kind of like. It, it is difficult. I don't think, especially they, them, will catch on as kind of this normal societal thing. It just, mm-hmm. it doesn't, God, it's etched in the design of creation, male mm-hmm. and female. Creation are, are binary. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, personalities aren't binary, but biological is binary. So I, I just, I don't think it's going to, in my opinion, last yeah. very I,
0: long. I went down the rabbit hole of, the scholarly data we have on this specific Mm. conversation and from what i read is that there's not a lot to support this idea that it's genetic meaning Mm. that if you look at um the brain with people who identify with the opposite gender Mm -hmm. that there's nothing in their brain matter Mm -hmm. that shows that their brain is the opposite gender so Mm -hmm. if you'd say like because if, right. if this was real and objective and scientific, then you would take someone that's a trans man mm-hmm. and their brain would look like, or right. aspects of his brain would look like a man's yeah. brain, right? Mm. And the only time that happens is after hormone replacement uh, treatment. Hey, did you know that you can watch videos like this on the Spotify app? We now are on Spotify under Ruslan Bless God Podcast. So if you're driving and you want to go back and forth between listening to the podcast and just the audio or watching the video, consider doing it now on the Spotify app as well as all podcast platforms. All right? I'll see you over there. Peace. Got it. yeah. So it's like yeah. they have to get on testosterone and, and inject themselves to then develop the characteristics yeah. and, the, and the brain differentiation. But pre... Uh, hor- uh, what what is it? The therapy called the hormone hormone replacement therapy, therapy. or yeah 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 yeah. There's no yeah. there's no brain difference of, of a, of a yeah, trans brain versus a, a non trans. It,
1: well, it's it's it is complicated. I have a whole chapter on it's called the brain theory. Yeah. In, in my book on trans called Embodied, I have a whole chapter, and I spent more time researching for that chapter than any other chapter yeah. I've ever written in my entire life because yeah. it's there's been data for, well, because it, it's 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 linked to the question that's a hundred year old scientific question on do men and women have different brains? Right. Even that. Um, there's general differences in, in things but you don't the, the, the consensus seems to be that our brains in general are not sexually dimorphic like our bodies are yep. um, There are general patterns of difference yep. but they're kind of based on stereotypes too like
0: there's definitely stereotypes but there's also the reality of just testosterone yeah oh right? yeah yeah like yeah. testosterone yeah. affects the, your yeah. yeah yeah so if you if you have a guy and the average man is walking around with 10x the testosterone of the right. average woman which is if you have a healthy dose it, of testosterone can, yeah. that's what it is that's a huge yeah. difference in terms of how you're going to navigate operate your degree of uh competitiveness yeah. your aggression your strive like all of that stuff yeah. is going to be different now yeah. to your point how much can that be shown on a brain scan apparently yeah. from the from the from the article I saw that they see it the brain changing post the 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 yeah. hormone therapy
1: yeah, there's it's hard because there's been there's been a lot of studies done on it, and they're all can be very highly politicized. So it's mm-hmm. almost like you have to read ten studies yeah. and get get the rare thi- get a scientist who doesn't have a dog in the fight, which sure. is pretty rare. And sure. and but yeah, having combed through all those, there there doesn't uh, even the ones that did argue for brain differences, yeah. there yeah. I, I think the overreach in both their methodology and and and, and like that is this post transition mm-hmm. post testosterone is yeah. it or even you know our brains are elastic like mm-hmm. new york cab drivers there was a study done on new york cab drivers that their hippocampus i think is bigger than the average person because mm. life actually reshapes your brain and restructures your wow. brain so it's kind of a chicken and egg situation mm. like did living as a trans in a trans identity is that because of your brain or did that actually mm. reshape your brain and it almost it's like almost impossible to tell so yeah I think people are starting to back off some of the brain studies because yeah. it's just you can't really yeah. prove much from it.
0: But. Yeah. Now it, it sounds like a lot of what your work does is just advocate for extending dignity and and empathy mm-hmm. to people from this community. Is that a, a fair way? I would way? say
1: half of what I do is that. The other half is theologically um, defending, articulating, responding to. Questions around yeah. uh, same-sex marriage and, and same your sexuality. your
0: background in terms of your doctorate is mm-hmm. in New Testament yeah. Yeah. studies, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. so your background is in that, and so so half of it is, hey, we need to extend empathy and mm-hmm. love to these people. Mm-hmm. We need to not otherize them and and, right. and 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 discard them. And then the other half is almost like an apologetic yeah. for a yes. Christian ethic. Yes. Yes.
1: And I'm not a debater. I'm not an apologist like you are. But I, I get questions all the time. So in fact, the, the book. That just came out or is coming out uh does the bible support same sex marriage it is it is a it, it is a um it is my, me responding to all the counter arguments to mm. the traditional
0: view so what are some of those counter arguments like, there, um, there's 21 in the book. 21 there's in it? the book yeah um, what are the most popular we don't have okay to go yeah yeah 21. yeah
1: um one of the most popular ones is that when the new testament writer specifically paul um prohibits same sexual relationships mm-hmm. the only kind of Relationship that was available in the first century were relationships of power and abuse and older men on younger boys. And he's so really
0: condemning pedophilia. Pedophilia. He's not, he's not condemning. Yeah. Uh, mon, uh, what is it? A uh, uh, monogamous right, right, covenantal right. Right, relationship. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, that one is. It used to be popular among scholars till they realized the data doesn't really support it. Um, so, but I still as, hear as if, it
0: as if they did not have monogamous. Uh, Relationships in, yeah. in, in antiquity. Well
1: and, and, well, and to be fair, when it comes to male same sex relationships, if you look at Greco Roman literature, um you look at the environment, the overwhelming majority were between men of power differences, rape, abuse, master mm-hmm. slave, you yeah. know, older man, younger boy. Um, the majority are, but there's exception. Well, number one, there's exceptions to that. Number two, female same sex relationships were the opposite. It was between mm-hmm. adult consenting adults. So mm-hmm. in, like in Romans 1, Paul leads with mm-hmm. female same relationships and then says likewise the men mm. so the fact that he also prohibits female same relationships shows that we can't be exclusively thinking of domineering kind of abusive and there's nothing in paul's language yeah. there's he never he isn't he isn't concerned about age differences when yeah. he uh, yeah. talks about these relationships so yeah um, and,
0: and then i've also heard oh and it's romans one and he says it's shameful yeah in the same way that it is shameful for a man to have long hair, that's yeah. the word that they're using. So he's are not saying it's a <laughs> sin; he's just saying, eh, yeah, it's shameful. Yeah. That's an argument yeah. i yeah. heard. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right because it does bring in nature when it comes to long hair right. in First Corinthians 11. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's one. That's one argument. Um, another one is that you know, um, one of the ones that comes up is like, you know, well, what about like polygamy in the Old Testament or mm-hmm. like this whole idea of a biblical marriage is like. Biblical marriage is kind of super messy all over the Bible, you know. Mm -hmm. So like, why, you know, why, why why pick on this one or whatever? But it's not. It's kind of like a red herring a little bit. It's kind of like, well, it's messy everywhere. So, but I'm like, well, yeah. But if you go back to creation, Genesis one and Mm two, yes, even polygamy was a departure from Mm -hmm. the creational design. That's Jesus's point in Matthew 19, right? right? Right. From Divorce is allowed or whatever, you know, because of the hardness of your heart. But from the beginning, it was not so mm-hmm. like D- Jesus's ethic goes back to the creational design. Yep, yep. So that's what we need to do. Follow Jesus's yeah. example. So um, love is love is, is an argument. Um, probably the most popular one is isn't the traditional view of marriage harmful toward gay and lesbian people? And that's probably the longest response okay. because I wanted to look at both the logic of the argument and also even like sociologically. Is there Because people often cite studies of, you know, to to try to prove that. So um, saying
0: saying traditional view of marriage, I believe in a one man one woman relationship covenant. Everything else is out. Friends with benefits are out. Being married in your heart is out. Telling God, telling you, yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. God saying it's okay for you to sleep with your girlfriend Mm -hmm. is out. All of it is out. Porn, masturbation, all of it is out, and. They say that holding to a one man, one woman marriage is harmful harmful, harmful. towards same sex marriage.
1: Yes. It's harmful towards somebody who is gay, is attracted to the same and is trying to follow Jesus. Like somebody who's exploring Christianity is in a Christian environment, maybe mm. they're committed to Jesus, um, that if they're told that they cannot marry somebody and have sex with somebody that matches their orientation, mm-hmm. then then that's that's harmful. Mm. One, i mean and i give you know several responses to that one of the things it kind of does though is it is it kind of um it it kind of resurrects purity culture type stuff Hmm. that like until i get married and have like i just can't be a happy person a fulfilled Mm. person so Mm -hmm. um so i i kind of addressed that a little bit in, in that argument that um you know because to say it's harmful means let's just broaden that logic out. It mm-hmm. means if I'm not married to the person I desire, mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't live a flourishing, happy life. Mm. Now purity, we did we definitely sent that message loud and hard. Yeah, we tried that. throughout purity culture, oh, yeah. and we messed yeah. a lot of people up. Yep. Um. So, yeah. So, I, and and the main question isn't does this seem like a harmful thing? The main question really is: is it is it true? Did the Creator, who designed us to be sexual beings. What is his design, and how yeah. do we know? You know, yeah. so try to get, take us back to scripture.
0: But. Yeah. What What do you feel is do you, do you think the argument just strictly from natural law mm. is the is the, one of the strongest arguments? Obviously, G, what Jesus says is ultimately the the final. Yeah. You know what I mean. The yeah. argument Romans one hard to argue with Romans one when there's specific yeah. acts being, dis, you know, dis, dis, uh, discussed mm-hmm. right. But but I think just the practicality of us reproducing as a species mm-hmm. to continue our species sounds like a fairly mm-hmm. straightforward hey natural law just points us yeah. in this direction and that seems like the strongest argument and I have a rebuttal to it that I'll, yeah. I'll share with yeah, you later yeah. but what do you, what do you think about that just just I, on the surface
1: so the, a lot of Catholic scholars have done great work
0: yeah I was thinking St Thomas Aquinas
1: yeah or, yeah 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 and and um one more recently um Ryan T Anderson is a conservative conservative Catholic scholar who mm-hmm. argues for traditional marriage mm-hmm. without quoting the Bible like it's mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. natural law and it's it's a good it's a good argument I think for me um I do think that special revelation resonates with general revelation that mm-hmm. God's revealed design and the word will will also resonate with creation mm-hmm. we see this in wisdom literature especially mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. You, you're drawing on creation you know go to the ant you sluggard. you can see god is wired creation in a way to reflect his design mm-hmm. so i agree with all that for me in terms of like an argument i do see reliance simply on natural law there, there's too many exceptions to the rule that make it difficult i think for an argument because i think a, a lot of the intelligent um more progressive people that i talk to you know they always point out exceptions you know they're yeah, like yeah. you know infertility yes. um uh, uh marriage and old age you know or like uh should we even have contraceptions you know and yeah. um so there's always these kind of like exceptions to the rule that that i think can yeah they just kind of throw a wrench sometimes if you're relying on natural law solely as, yeah. as an argument yeah I, I, yeah
0: not not solely but just just i mean just looking at the design of the body parts yeah you know and just right yeah Yeah. it looks like this was designed in a way oh and a baby comes yeah (laughs) you know like and obviously not every time the act happens a baby has to come but it's pretty straightforward the only rebuttal i've really heard to that obviously there's the you know what you pointed out which is like well what about old age what about this well it's the plumbing is still the same even if there's not a baby that comes with that but i've heard like well it's not in nature all the time. There's these animals that exhibit these other things. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't... Humans are different.
1: Are we going to you know? take our sexual ethic from watching animals? Right. Because animals with-
0: do all kinds of weird <laughs> stuff. As some animals eat their own poop. You yeah. know, there's all kinds of bizarre things that happen yeah. with animals. So I've heard that as like a... Yeah. But there's these kind of animals that, that, the animals that exhibit this as well, yeah. you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but that's a little different than yeah. humans, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: I... Yeah, I mean, we can get into details. We probably don't even want to wander into like specific, um, yeah, like sexual acts or whatever. And but yeah, so I, I I would, I would agree that uh, yeah, the human body does reflect God's design as revealed in Scripture. That resonates with the traditional view of marriage. It, it is those exceptions to the. yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah. let me ask you this, and we're, we're going to go to some questions from the yeah. Patreon community here. Uh, I see the chat, so if you guys got questions, feel free to drop them in. How does a Christian engage with the idea of marriage, right? Yeah. Because some Christians have taken a more libertarian approach of like, well, this doesn't really affect my marriage. Mm. Um, so what does it matter if they're allowed to legally get married? So in terms right? of
1: the legal question. The no. legal okay, question, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: And then there's also others that have been like, yeah, well, we— took our hand off this and allowed this to happen, and now they're trying to teach to first and second graders in the social studies class (laughs) the history and how this is the same as heterosexual marriage, right? So where do you land on that? Is Mm -hmm. Is it like, do you take a more libertarian approach of like, yeah, it doesn't really affect Christians, yeah let them get married, or do you say... Yeah, but when do we open the doors to this, or like yeah. it's not optimal to allow this legally to happen. What, what, what would you I, say? I,
1: I my response is both wet cement and co- maybe complex. So I'm not gonna have a a real black and white, passionate response because I think I think it really deals. Well, we would first need to deal with what does it mean to be a Christian living in a secular society. What is our role, our influence, um, in living in a secular society? I think sometimes. Are we trying to take America back for God? Was it ever for God? Are we or as I say, are we exiles in Babylon? And when Babylon does Babylonian things, are we kinda of like Yeah. Well Babylon, what do you yeah, expect? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I would lean more to the latter. To the latter, mm-hmm. yeah. Um at the same time, I do believe that God's created design is good for creation. So mm-hmm. when creation, when nations, when peoples depart from the creator's design, that will not go well generally speaking Mm -hmm. so do i think legalizing marriage is actually good for a society no Mm -hmm. um did i freak out when it was legalized in 2015 not really i kind of yawned in a sense because i'm like it's hard enough to live out my christian faith with the spirit of god people that aren't even Coming with a Christian ethic, like it's not shocking, maybe that's what it is. It's not shocking to me when yeah. secular people live out a secular
0: ethic. Yes.
1: Um. So I, that's the tension I battle. And yet I do think God's, the creator's design is good for creation, but I assume most of creation won't follow that, mm-hmm. you know? So what do you, I would love, because I mean, you, you think more about that's intersection intersection with politics yeah. and faith and stuff. So I I, oh, man. I can be
0: convinced I, either either I, I did I uh,
1: <laughs> I can so let me so let me say I can never vote for like yes. something that doesn't resonate with God's design. Absolutely. That that's yeah yeah.
0: Well I I'm in California and the fact that w- in 2008 California banned it when we voted for it, which is really
1: that's uh, This yeah, is yeah, a trip.
0: Check this out. Yeah. We banned same marriage in 2008. Is that prop prop eight, prop or? eight? Yeah yeah. And we allowed, we voted in the a teenager's right to have an abortion without their parents' knowledge. In the same year? The same year, the same vote. <laughs> so talk wild. about how yeah. wild California was yeah. at that time, right? Like, we're okay with 13, 14, 15, 16-year-olds having abortions and the parents not needing to know, right? Mm-hmm. Versus, uh, but we were against this as a state, right? Mm-hmm. Which. Yeah. It's really interesting. So I voted against both. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is both bad. Uh, uh, it's both evil. Um, I think there's a tension, legally speaking, if two consenting adults in a pluralistic secular society want to be together, yeah. uh, d- should they not have the rights to, I don't know, file jointly on their mm-hmm. taxes? Should they not have the right to uh, bedside death uh, rights or whatever, yeah. right? There's certain legalities, uh, I don't know, um, having... A, uh, a retirement plan that can be to take, You know what I mean? Like yeah. all those things. I think there's a precedent to say, hey, I can't let my faith dictate the legality of other people's yeah. relationships. That's That doesn't seem huh. right, right? And I would acknowledge that. I, I don't think that's fair yeah. to folks in that type of environment, what they want to do within their personal lives. And then I go, yeah, but you know what? Jesus said, you know, it's like, yeah, well... Right. That, like
1: trying to force a Christian ethic on yes, them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Now, in terms of like calling it marriage, I definitely think that that's a, a a bit tricky, you know? But I also can see the argument that like we've called a lot of goofy things marriage. Hmm. You know, there's yeah, yeah. a, a lot of folks that shouldn't be getting married that are getting married. <laughs> uh, but in their natural state, they could at least come to Jesus yeah. and then continue staying married and work on their marriage. And that could bring immense glory to God at some point. Whereas if someone's in the same marriage mm. like that, that, that there's no real room for that yeah, right yeah and then it gets even more complicated if there's kids involved and all yeah, you know what i mean yeah. then i'm just like holy moly man There's just layers on layers so i <laughs> uh i would i would tend to be of the position that there should be some legal protections allowed uh while saying let's not call this marriage okay. because that's not that's not that's not what this is
1: that seems right? reasonable to me not, not like i do i would probably lean libertarian on on most Questions that deal with eth- ethical questions, um, but yeah, with marriage, we are now dealing with something that is prim- primarily, first and foremost, a theolo- a profoundly theological institution. This is where I, um, I, I would prefer that the the state would stay out of. The marriage yeah. conversation, you know. yeah, um, yeah, well, but, but
0: but the state doesn't, and and, and to be fair, the yeah. state rewards families sure. and it rewards you know mm-hmm. having kids to certain degrees. Like it, it, yeah. there's definitely an incentive structure, whether it's taxes or whatever. So that's where I go. I just oh, man, that's, yeah. that's that's that that's complicated, you know. So like, if the state is going to be involved, mm-hmm. which should they be rewarding? In my opinion, they should be rewarding people staying married okay. longer, having more. Sure kids you know like there should be yeah. practical things that we should be rewarding if the state's going to reward anything mm. that's that's kind of how i would like so for you
1: it. it's just uh calling it marriage, like call it a civil union and then
0: yeah you, which is where i you thought and, we yeah. were all at i thought everyone yeah. was on the same page joe biden obama hillary yeah, yeah, i think everybody yeah. was like yeah, they got civil unions they'll be fine right and then all of a sudden it was like no it has to be marriage and it's like okay so now you're yeah. saying it's the same it's not the same don't, let's not call it the same. It's yeah. not the same. It's not. It's not the huh. same. You know. It, so that's that's kind of how I look at it's it. It's
1: interesting. Some of the more radical uh, feminists, many of whom are also lesbians, would would a- almost agree that like they see marriage as a whole a heteronormative institution. Anyways, mm-hmm. like why are we fighting to be crammed into this conservative institution anyway? Like right. let's just yeah. do our thing. I don't. I don't. So, I, don't, yeah. get
0: I, I yeah. really don't get it. I really don't get it. I again, I think it goes back to that line between acceptance and affirmation Mm -hmm. i could accept you i can love you i could have you over for the barbecue we can go do Mm -hmm. activities together we can hang out but there's a line between like i accept these things about you versus like i now have to affirm these things about you if i go to my family's house and they have a couple uh, too many drinks Mm -hmm. i could accept that i'm I'm armenian for crying out loud you know (laughs) it came from the soviet union like they drink (laughs) but I got to affirm that, you right. know, I got, I got to go out of the way and say, yeah, you should have another glass of wine mm-hmm. while I'm sitting there right. not drinking anything. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any uh, sense to me. Right. And yeah. so like, if I don't, if I don't affirm everything about my own family, what makes you think right. I'm going to affirm yeah. this, this, this thing that what you want to call a marriage? What does that you know?
1: look like? Like for you, would you not refer to say a same couple was husband and husband or would you not use marital language or is that would you just concede and say well this is the secular society we're living in so i'm just gonna even though I don't agree with it i'll just kind of
0: oh that's a good one. i think it goes back to pronouns right like i yeah. i would probably say partner okay partner right i don't know if i would say yeah. husband that's an interesting question yeah. i've never really thought about it. again i haven't been presented with a lot of these yeah, yeah. dilemmas and how to practically yeah. deal with them you know
1: i think so, a lot of them involve a lot of gray area and that's yeah. what i think we all should appreciate that they're, they're, we're dealing with this complex interaction yeah. li- christians living in a secular society
0: yeah know? yeah and so yeah i don't know i think yeah i think i think it's i think it's interesting what do you what do you make of the affirming theology mm-hmm. and zach always says a little bit of jesus is better than no jesus Right, like, like if there's a little bit of Jesus yeah. they're hanging on to by a thread, then it's better than no Jesus. But then the argument could be made that it's a counterfeit Jesus. Is yeah. it the Jesus of the Bible? Right. If you're holding on to this Jesus that allows you to do anything and live any kind of way, yeah. Right. Yeah. Is is that the authentic Jesus?
1: <clears throat> That's another. <laughs> I I go back and forth on that. I would probably lean more towards the latter. That um having a distorted, if it's a distorted VOG. Now, so I want to make a distinction here between, like I know people who are affirming, they affirm same-sex marriage, but everything else about their theology, their life, would feel very, just almost evangelical. You mm-hmm. know? Um, mm-hmm. They talk about the gospel, they talk about repentance, they just have a disagreement on this ethical question. Now but the first one to say, this is a significant disagreement. Yeah, This is chapter 20 in my book. Mm-hmm. Is this an agree-to-disagree issue? And I say, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I think this is a very important part of the storyline of Scripture is yeah. the basic essence of what marriage is. Yeah. So it's not a minor disagreement. Um. Yeah. But if somebody says, "I get this question a lot. Parents saying my my kids affirming, um, and they want to go the the only kind kind of church they can go to is an affirming church. Is that a good thing? You know? And I I want to make a distinction. If it's if it's if it's a kind of church where Jesus is hardly mentioned. It's just a social club. There's no residue of the gospel at all. Mm-hmm. I almost see that as more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Better to not, yeah, versus maybe an environment where they are hearing the Word of God. They're not getting just affirming messages every Sunday, you know. Um, but I say, okay, that that I, I think is probably better than no church at all. But mm-hmm. to be in a church where the gospel is just either so distorted, I think that can almost be worse than not being church at all personally yeah. but I, I i could change yeah. my view tomorrow i don't know yeah. it's, it's i common. got a
0: buddy that i'm going to have on that more or less affirms all the essentials of christianity yeah. and the early creeds but he is affirming yeah i'm just like i don't know what to do with you man like i don't know what i categorize now i think this is a parallel so forgive me if i'm sounds like i'm all over the place but I think someone that doesn't affirm Jesus as God Almighty yeah. is following a counterfeit sure. Jesus, yeah, yeah. right? So if you're like, uh, Jesus was a lowercase g-god. Yeah. Jesus was created. Jesus mm-hmm. is not God eternal. Jesus is not Yahweh, right? I think I go,
1: ooh, right.
0: that's, that's tricky because we see Jesus taking on mm-hmm. all the attributes of God Almighty repeatedly. You yeah. see Hebrews 1 refer, uh, in the Psalm that Hebrews 1 is referring to, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. Yahweh talking to Yahweh, yeah. right? Uh, and so we see this, so so I would go, man, if someone is not affirming Jesus as Yahweh, they're, they're yeah, probably yeah, following a counterfeit, and I would hope that they would repent and land in the sure. right place. So that's where I go with this issue. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky one, because mm-hmm. you might be following the Jesus of Yahweh, like the, the Jesus is God Almighty, but this is such a huge mm-hmm. kind of distinction that people yeah. make with their theology, and yeah. it, it becomes tricky.
1: Yeah, in, in most cases... In, again, anecdotal, but like in my experience, when evangelical churches shift their view on marriage, mm-hmm. in most cases, in many cases at least I've seen they do. And I'm not a I am not aiii am not a slippery slope guy. I don't mm-hmm. like always using the argument. In this case, it is again, anecdotally, mostly true that other I would say important theological commitments end up kind of yeah. going by the wayside. Yeah, in my experience,
0: I've seen people. Start from this point and then get to the point of, yeah, about the bodily resurrection even happened. I don't know. Maybe it was a metaphor. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I'm yeah, no, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, okay, yeah. we've completely deconverted off the rails. Yeah, you yeah. Know?
1: yeah. Man, I don't know how. Like, I, they, they consist like the again, not trying to use a slippery slope as an argument, but just as a logical deduction. Like, I think I don't know how you can affirm marriage and not also affirm polyamory Mm -hmm. more than you know multiple partners Mm -hmm. consensual in a marriage. If it all comes down to harm and consent and if Mm -hmm. this is a consenting threesome, foursome or whatever, um what makes you've already said that when the two become one flesh, it doesn't need to be male and female. Why does it need to be two anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, so and people I used to say this a few years ago and people were like, ah slippery slope, you're just Mm -hmm. fear monger. I'm like, but now it's like I'm getting the same people saying, oh I'm having what we were going through with the LGBT conversation five years ago, we're now going through with polyamory because oh, yeah. we're getting oh, yeah. throupples and you know yeah. people coming to church now and, yeah. and claiming this is an orientation and this is yeah. how God made all the same kind of yeah. arguments. So yeah, I
0: I um, see that way more prevalent. Mm. I see that a lot more prevalent, especially in. The men's rights spaces. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with like, <laughs> a little the, bit, yeah. the red pill and all <laughs> yeah, the like. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of dudes out there <laughs> that feel entitled because they think they're a high value man to have multiple partners, and wow. that's that's. I mean, it's borderline going mainstream. Is that like Andrew, Tate, like Andrew that Tate? Andrew Tate, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, Andrew Tate. Um, uh-huh. You know, and then there's like this weird overlap with Islam. You know, because you could have in certain states of Islam, you could have up to four wives, and so wow. there's some overlap there. But no, there's a lot of guys that are like. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I can take care of multiple women. What's the big deal, yeah, you know? And that's yeah. definitely being yeah. more and more mainstream. I <laughs> I I got a buddy, an acquaintance who was in a situation where they attempted that because he found out that the person he was with was, um, you know, had same attractions, mm-hmm. and so they attempted this like scenario, and mm-hmm. it just blew up and was really 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 bad that's the
1: most common scenario that i've seen is usually like a heterosexual oftentimes it's been a guy and mm a his wife or girlfriend comes out as bisexual Mm -hmm. and says i need a same partner to fulfill so it becomes kind of a a same relationship and then an opposite and then it can kind of go anywhere yep many different directions from there but yeah yeah
0: i i think (laughs) those aren't going to end well
1: I, yeah. But let me bounce this yeah. off of you. This is yeah. this is this is an
0: interesting one. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. So there are parts of the world, and I think Got Questions did an article on this. So this is not me yeah. like pontificating off of just <laughs> but Got Questions, which is a fairly conservative site, uh, had an article about polygamy mm-hmm. and how there are parts of the world where polygamy is legal. Mm-hmm. And there is a gentleman who mm-hmm. has multiple wives. Gets saved, <laughs> and the question becomes, does he need to yeah. end those, and and how does yeah. he end those, and how does he? Is it the first one? That's yeah. the only one, or is it his favorite? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, is it the one where the kids are the smallest? Right. How do you How do you navigate that conversation? And I got got questions. I should really look this up so to make sure I don't misquote them. Mm-hmm. Um, but got questions basically landed at like, it, it's kind of a question of conscience for. Mm for him and his environment can he pro- financially provide for all of them are they all okay yeah. and and yeah what do you think of that Why you so, answer that i'm gonna look it up just to make sure i'm not butchering okay, okay, that yeah questions.
1: yeah yeah i uh i actually had a, a friend of mine missionary who was a missionary to northern um nigeria back in the 60s and apparently i don't know if it's still the case but it was a very it was a polygamist society and uh um he faced this exact question. He had con- people coming to Christ who had multiple wives. And yeah, so he, he had to wrestle with it. One of, the, one of the things he said is that what makes this complex is it's so etched into the fabric of society. It's not You're not dealing with just some individual living in some sinful life. Yeah. You're dealing with the whole sus- the fabric of society. And you mentioned it in passing. It's not that he's just having... It's not like primarily even a sexual thing. It's yeah. a It's a power thing. It's also... A prestige thing it's also an economic thing he's mm-hmm. got these women who are being supported financially mm-hmm. and if he just dropped them all mm-hmm. you have this you would have this huge other issue so the mediating position they took is um i think they worked towards i don't know if it was like an instant like here's the demand but mm-hmm. it was working towards him having one of his wives as a sexual partner mm. um so he's being sexually faithful to her abiding by a sexual ethic, but not divorcing to other women, mm. but just keeping them, like, supporting them, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. they're still living in the house, they're doing household yeah. chores, yeah. and everything. Because yeah. that was another thing he said, oddly enough, in his experience, it was the first wife who asked for another wife, mm-hmm. because in a very patriarchal kind of culture, she had all this housework, all this stuff, and she just wanted help. She also Whoa. wanted someone to talk to, because in that culture Whoa. it wasn't like the husband's coming home, listening to her feelings, and yeah. so it wasn't... Uh, <laughs> It's complicated man. Yeah. It was it was so you have to understand the cultural yeah. and societal complexity of it. But I I think that's probably the approach I would I would take yeah. trying to balance being faithful to the a Christian ethic but also
0: So be 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 intimate with one wife. Yes. But, and yeah. and who
1: do you pick? I don't I,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I well let's look at what God <laughs> question says. So this yeah. is a trip. Uh so let me show you the question uh real quick. This is uh I wasn't expecting this answer. I think they're more progressive than you are. And God questions is extremely (laughs) conservative. If a man has multiple wives and became a Christian, what is he supposed to do? So if a man has multiple wives and became a Christian, what is he supposed to do? If polygamy is illegal where he lives, he should do whatever is necessary to submit to the law while still providing for his wives and children. If polygamy is legal, but he is convicted that it is wrong, he should divorce all but one wife. Again, he must not neglect providing for all of them and their children.
1: So the divorce he's still providing he's just technically not married. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. They are uh his responsibility. If polygamy is legal and he has no conviction against it, he can remain married to each of his wives, treating each one with love, dignity and respect. A man who makes this decision would be barred from church leadership, <laughs> but it cannot be said that he is in explicit violation of any command in scripture.
1: Yeah. Disagree with that last part, but
0: but it cannot be said that he is in invi- So you would do, disagree with that. I would
1: disagree with that because I think he's people take kind of a, and I don't want to, I don't want to assume this about the author or whatever, but like they 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 take kind of a flat view of scripture of like, well, it's allowed in the Old Testament, yeah, so, yeah. um, and it's not outrightly condemned in the New Testament except for you know you can't be an elder, right, mm-hmm, for Timothy mm-hmm. Titus, but again, I I think. The allowance in the Old Testament was a departure from the creational design, and and Jesus in the under the New Covenant takes us back to the creational norm. So, mm. rather than looking for is it commanded like a like as in Thou shalt not, we also need to look at just God's design as a whole, rather than yeah. is it sin not sin is our command is our chapter verse. Yeah, clearly what is Jesus, the, what
0: is the virtue ethic being yeah. preached, not what is the letter of yeah, the yeah, law. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. So I think Jesus. I think the command isn't in the form of a command in the Greek language p- specifically, but when Jesus yeah. takes us back to creation, yes. saying one man, one woman, one flesh union, uh, I think that's that's the standard. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, you're more conservative than Got Questions, my friend. <laughs> got Questions is out here saying, "Look, yeah. man, if you ain't convicted, so, uh, live yeah. and let live." <laughs> I hope I, I, I've got. I've got.
1: I'll get back to back emails accusing me of being too conservative, being too liberal. Like it's, it's so funny. I'll hear assumptions about what people think I believe. I I still have people to this day that think I affirm marriage. I've written two or three books saying not that, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, it's funny. So for my audience that thinks I'm going liberal there, there you go.
0: Yeah, that, that, <laughs> it's an interesting, it's an interesting question though, right? It is. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, okay, we're gonna go to some of these questions, and then I want to ask you an offline question. that's probably way too spicy. Okay. For, um, for YouTube. Okay. If I have a Christian or Catholic LGTV people, we call them. We say LGTV because we can't say LGBTQ on is live on you YouTube. Yeah. I was wondering why. Yeah, and I, and I have an affinity for LGTV TVs. All of our TVs are OGTVs. LGTB.
1: I did not know that. That makes a lot of sense. We I was speak, like, how we, do you not know the acronym when I'm no, listening no, no, to we speak, pun- we
0: speak in code, yeah. <laughs> LGTB people, what books should I direct them for the softest approach, or what is the best scripture to be gracious but firm in stance? I mean,
1: I I I, I abhor self-promotion. Okay? <laughs> it's okay. But my I would say... Other people, if I, if I can get in this head of how other people answer this question, I think my book, People to be Loved, mm. um, is exactly, it's exactly that. It, it, it It's a theological exploration, exploration, so it's like 70% like working through the text, mm-hmm. um, but woven throughout is loads of stories that we've shared, you know. I mean, the whole first chapter, people thought I was going to because I was talking about gay people committing suicide in the church, and we mm. need to do bed, all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then I said, okay, Let's look at what Scripture says. So yeah, mm. it, it's um, it is it has been kind of a go-to uh, book for people under mm. that category.
0: That's so, good. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, there you go, you guys. Matthew, pick up pick up the latest. Uh, what, what was that book called?
1: Uh, people to be loved. Why? is not just an issue. Is the subtitle?
0: That's good. That's good. Okay. Uh, this is a question I have for you. What do you make of? Andy Stanley (laughs) being ambiguous on this question (laughs) and seemingly saying some things privately Yeah. with multiple, we've had multiple elders come out and say, this is what he said privately. He's open to doing one of these marriages. Hmm. Um, But publicly he says, don't take people's church from them by coming out as affirming. Uh You got to be wise. And it seems like he's kind of playing both sides. And then seemingly there's some affirming theology around kids that come out in the church mm. seemingly i don't want to speak yeah. too firmly and so it's like it seems like he kind of wants to play both both sides yeah. of it um i don't think that serves the 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 people of his church well if the, mm. if he's on the kind of like this ambiguous position and i don't think it serves that community well if they're not sure exactly where he lands on it okay. uh, what, what's the, what say you
1: so i let me give a few qualifications up front number one i I've, i don't think i've read more than 20 pages from Andy Stanley book. I maybe listened to a couple messages. So I I don't follow uh, him Uh, from what I've heard and seen from what I have seen, have a lot of respect for him as a, as a Christian leader, Mm -hmm. as a communicator He's off the chart from what I've seen. Um, And I've known people that have known him personally Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and some of the criticism he's gotten, I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, "Ah, I don't know if he quite said that. Like, I think you're taking that in the worst possible direction. Yep. So I, I find myself in my heart, at least, kind of like, well, I, maybe more standing up for him. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, the the recent clip that was that went around, that two minute clip from something he said about gay people having more faith than other. I'm like, if I look at the heart of what he's trying to say there, I'm like, I, I probably agree with what he's trying to say yeah. there. Like, it, I'm like, it's, I, I, it's, if
0: if a gay person is coming to a church they know is not affirming, that shows a lot of faith. Right? Yeah, that's oh, kind of yeah. that's kind of or wh- even like because I could hear it yeah. that way. I I understand what you're saying, and I
1: think he was even saying like, look, if I ask for volunteers, and he didn't make a distinction, affirming or not, he's like, I'll ask the church and I get hardly anybody. and I'll ask gay people and I get lines mm-hmm. out the door. People don't want to serve, and I think it was almost like this, like, hey, you people who are all you know criticizing gay people, like, well, you just step it up because they're the ones jumping mm-hmm. in. Anyway, I, I I in my best reading of that, I was like, okay, I I. I think he's saying a lot of things here that I wouldn't disagree with. And, um, so having said all that, I, I think he's, I, I, I think it could be absolutely more clear. Um, and I've been around this conversation enough. It feels like so many people I know that were raised conservative and then they kind of, their eyes are open to how the church has really messed up gay people mm-hmm. and then they go affirming. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's that. I don't know enough. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he will be that. I'm mm-hmm. saying he looks exactly, he looks like he's doing just that because he doesn't have that theological clarity to my mind that he's at least publicly expressing in the clips and stuff that I've seen. My, I would say my biggest concern or just something I'm just not really impressed with is um, his church is hosting a a conference on parents' with LGBT kids. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. And we've our organization has produced resources. A huge part of our ministry is helping parents navigate this. But last time I checked, most of the speakers at that conference were all very publicly and some pretty aggressively affirming. Mm. I would be I would go so far and I've hosted some of these like like scholarly debates where you have people on this side, that side. And Mm -hmm. I'm not against having diversity of opinion under certain format but I didn't see much diversity here. There was like one kind of conservative person, but they weren't a theologian, but then they have all these these, like theological equipped people who Mm -hmm. are affirming. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is utterly... Unless you're just appealing to parents who are affirming or whatever, if that's what you're doing, then say it and I could respect, disagree with, but respect kind of what you're doing. But this is like utterly confusing and I I think it's very unwise. I've had people that in my ministry say... Parents with gay kids saying, "I was incredibly disappointed." This is not helpful for a parent when there's not theological clarity. Mm. And again, if, if 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 you're affirming, then be affirming, right? But when you say you're not affirming and then host a conference with a ton of affirming speakers who are going to sway the audience, like it's it's you're going to get an affirming perspective then i just don't think that's helpful at all so
0: yeah i i hear you i hear you yeah. i saw that same conference thing and i was yeah. like man and i and i uh i've i've read andy stanley's uh deep and wide i thought it was a really good okay. work yeah i read uh communicating for a change thought Oh, yeah. It was, thought it was a that's good. the one i
1: read yeah it's good yeah. Yeah. yeah so
0: he's done a lot of really good work um so i was kind of taking it back when he's like mm-hmm. i'm hearing all this stuff and and then you're seeing kind of like the breadcrumbs of like you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm really just like, man, just come out and own it. Like, if this is what you're on. I
1: hope just, it's yeah. not this. I hope it's not closeted. He's affirming, but he would lose a ton of people and money and church building. I hope it's not power and money and platform and size of church that is preventing him from coming out as affirming. I just don't have, I can imagine that would be a hard decision, but I'm like, I just, I, again, like you said, just if this is where you're at, then be where you're at, and I can agree to disagree, you know. Yeah. But um, I think the unclarity is is clarity is kindness, and I this is some a big thing in what I when I help leaders work through this. I'm like wherever you're at, just be consistent and be clear. Amen. When you're not clear, it's just it's not con- people. It just confuses people. So
0: yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, okay, I got two offline questions I want to okay. ask you. Uh, uh, shout out to memes for Jesus for just joining the stream. He said Preston is the goat. That's my guy. Um, do you you have anything else you want to hit on on our on the public section of our conversation? Uh,
1: I don't think so. Yeah.
0: Okay. I would encourage people to check out my
1: latest book. I wrote it to help. Um, yeah, I think there's so so many people were coming to me saying, "How do I respond to this? How do I respond to that? What about this? I'm reading this argument. I heard the word was added to the Bible. You know, 80 years ago. Is that true? So I pre- wrote this as a resource to help people that those that that, so.
0: that is the original word was effeminate men, which is probably harsher than right?
1: <laughs> all of them are. So the Greek words arsenakotes and malakoi in First Corinthians six nine, and there there hasn't been a great English translation of those two Greek terms until um, the last decade or so. Um, the CSB, ES, ESV, and CSB do a good job. The New NIV does a good job. In, anyways, there, it's.
0: Um, what would be a better a translation? for A
1: male way? who is having, is having, with another male. Okay, yeah, or a man having sex with another male is whatever.
0: Pra- Someone that is practicing, is
1: engaging in a same-sex relationship, and this is where a lot of people's concern. This is my concern with conservatives. They'll quote this passage, saying, "See, gay people won't inherit the kingdom of God." I'm like, well, this isn't talking about gay people, Mm -hmm. as in my friends who are committed to celibacy out of allegiance to Jesus, but would still refer to themselves as gay. It's not talking about that. It's talking about somebody who is in an unrepentant, active, uh, same-sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. Or opposite. I mean, the whole passage talks about all kinds of ongoing unrepentant sin. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to go over to our Patreon exclusive. If you want the full version of this interview, there'll be an exclusive section on Patreon. I'm going to ask Preston two more questions. <laughs> one is going to be about maps, which is way too spicy to talk about on YouTube. If you guys don't know what maps are, you could Google it, okay? Uh, and the second <laughs> Or don't. One, yeah, or don't. <laughs> and the second one is going to be about him... Um, kind of having Matt Chandler's back in the middle of (laughs) all the the controversy Uh. with Matt Chandler uh, a little while ago. All right. So meet us over on Patreon for the rest of this conversation. Hey, if you want to see the extended version of this podcast completely unedited, consider partnering with us in our online community for as little as $5 a month. In exchange, you get access to these podcasts As we stream them live before anyone else gets to see them, you get access to the replay of our daily after-party streams, access to our private Discord server, access to discount codes, and so much more. So help us continue conceptualizing the gospel through media, podcasting, and YouTube, and partner with us for as little as $5 a month. Also, be sure to follow us on the Spotify podcast app on Facebook and on Instagram. We're constantly posting content there that I think you'll find extremely valuable. All right, I'll see you over there. Peace.